Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with Kansas City jazz saxophonist Ernest Melton. He talked about his latest 2018 CD, The Time of the Slave is Over. This local busy musician was born in Goldsboro, North Carolina, and would relocate to Kansas City at the age of 10. He picked up the sax that same year and was enrolled in the Longfellow Academy, joining his first jazz program through that great American Jazz Museum in KC. After being accepted into the Berklee College of Music, he decided not to go there and started his career playing music in bands of every genre all over Kansas City. While he is still in his early 20s, Ernest has played all over the country and plans to travel abroad and do so much more. He's got plenty to say, so get to know him and dig this interview, my friends. Ernest, thanks for taking a minute to talk to me on jazz, man. I appreciate it. Sure. So I have listened to The Time of the Slave is Over. It's a great album. Um, I'm sure, you know, with this release, there's there's a lot of uh, happiness that, that goes into this. So just in general, before we get into the album, talk to me about how you feel about this release being out in the world. At the moment, I... I feel I feel good about it in, in general, and you know? simply I feel I feel good about it being out. People having it. Talk to me about. There's an edge to this. There's definitely a, a a distinct voice being a younger voice in the Kansas City jazz community. What are you trying to convey with the sound, the message, and the vibe of this release? This particular release, um, it's a. Uh, I know it's very it's very energetic. It's a kind of a, a, a lot of it is a bit of a test of myself as a player. And that's kind of how it started. It's like, okay, you know, let's, you know, I, I, I begin an idea and I really couldn't physically do it yet. Okay, well, I'm going to write this tune. And by the time this tune is done, or by the time I record this stuff, we're going to be able to do everything we're trying to do. So that was really like, the first thing, as far as the vibe, I know it's I know it's pretty aggressive, but it's more of just sort of like me, like pushing myself a bit, as well as just some music things I want I want to experience, you know, with my band. Talk to me about the title of the album. What's that mean for you? What's that mean for the listener as they kind of wrap their ears around this album? I don't, it, and I know it's kind of it, it, it's 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 two sided. And at least, at least by what it looks like, and what it really is, and where I really got it from. But for me, the title came from it's honestly it's a reminder to myself just to like be focused and not let anything, anything I don't need to deal with, you know, just not just put any time into it. Because to me, anything that's negative that you think about or that you focus on is something you're afraid to. That's and that's really like. Tyler just reminded to myself to like not not worry about those things. I don't have to things that don't help me at all. Don't don't be a slave to anything anymore. Just just do what you need to do. Beautiful. Talk to me about what's going on with you and the Kansas City scene. You've always been a staple on the scene, but kind of talk to me about what's going on so that those that want to come out and see you and get the CD can have that chance to do so. I'm always with different bands, you know, and I'm. Still new to the artist thing, so or still like making all music. So I'm still playing with. It's always been very scattered. People have asked me for years, you know, where are you, where are you. Uh, um, I'll say, I know today I'll be at Chad, so that I'll have some CDs there. Other than that, it'll it'll be like 
I'm with a different there. Uh, it's really scattered. So if anybody wanted to check out what you're doing, they could go to your Facebook page and see what's going yeah, on. Yeah, it's all. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The music all. Yeah, the, the music Facebook. Uh, my website ernestone.com. Just straightforward. Um, music there. Uh, Amazon, Spotify, everywhere music is sold generally. Let's go back to the beginnings of your life prior to Kansas City. You were born in Goldsboro, North Carolina. And you relocated to your mother's hometown at the age of 10, which happens to be Kansas City. Talk to me about your early life in North Carolina, how you got into music, and even more specifically, jazz. My father's side was musical side. My mother's side was musical My father's thing, my father's preacher, my father's uh, just the whole family over there down there. They all singers. He plays a little bit of, like, old church piano. So that's kind of where I was raised in church without any instrument in it. So I wrote everybody kind of sang. <laughs> hmm. And, you know, my mom really did. She wasn't from there, so she didn't really talk her so too much of the music, you know, like trying to learn to sing or anything. But we were little kids, so we were like, okay, we're going to sing like everybody else. I'll, me and my two sisters, we all sung. So that's kind of really just about my dad's eyes. You know, they, they're really the... And as far as um, jazz, that didn't have until I was about 14. What albums were you listening to? The jazz that really made me want to play was like um, John Coltrane's like later stuff. That was the first stuff that like made me like really want to play that instrument. Wayne Shorter's albums came later, stuff like that. Eventually, by the time I was like 16, it really could have been anything. I was just listening to jazz albums all day and by that by sixteen or seventeen I was just kinda of, my whole day was full of that. So it could be air coffee, uh Mingus that became a huge influence, you know, and I just kept going wrong from there. Why did you pick the saxophone? You could have picked anything. Honestly the simple answer is it's it's it's, it's the, the easiest one. That <laughs> <laughs> I I used to try to mess around with the guitar and I mess around with like drums and bass down. It was really, I think, other than it being really easy, it was because it can hold out notes. It, that, that it can, it, I guess that was sort of its one little power that made it like a little more intense to me. It's like, you know, just like holding the note out. And then I could still pretty much imitate all the other instruments too around me. You know, but yeah, just the longevity of that. In all of the years that I've been doing Neon Jazz, it's been since 2011, I've, I've spent a lot of time trying to wrap my head around local talent, the Kansas City scene, what's going on. And I remember the first time I ever heard about you was from Anita Dixon. We were down at the Mutual Musicians Foundation, probably 2013 or 14, and I was doing an overview of the foundation. And towards the end, she said, you have to check this cat out. It's kind of just, he, he's a superstar. He's young, and he's kind of channeling this, vibe and energy almost to Charlie Parker and I was like cool who is it and she said his name is Ernest Melton and you got to check him out he's the foundation he's phenomenal so from 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 there I want to ask you this how did you get your start in Kansas City was it at the foundation kind of give me an idea of the timeline here in Kansas City that kind of has led to where we're at today with this album and what's going on in the scene literally it's been about 50 years so it's <laughs> so um let's say I get my first I get my first little gig at fifteen. Um, so 
some older guys asked me to play the world, you know, so that's 15. And eventually, uh, what happens is I get, uh, I get my GED. So when, at that point, and my mom, she allows me to leave school. So what happens is at age 16, I'm allowed to basically, uh, it was a sort of trade-off. I get to practice all day as long as I go get my GED and apply for college. So, <laughs> 16, I'm starting to play with like blues bands because I'm out of school. I got more time on my hand. I'm just, I'm practicing all day. I'm listening out with blues bands, whoever else calls me some fun band. I used to be in a whole lot of different bands, just doing everything I could. And then, uh, so that continues for, you know, a couple of years. Eventually, you sort of whittle it down. You know, to people who are more, you know, more uh, worse, you know, but just just better business wise and better musically, and um, you know, so I just keep going. It's like that's pretty much what I've I did for a long time. I've always written, I was writing for posting my own concept, and uh, but uh, I was mostly just playing with people, just playing with people, and then, of course the foundation was very influential. You know, I. Met some good, uh, a lot of good musicians there. I met like a DeAndre Henning. I met DeAndre Henning and Bradley, I believe. Not mistaken. So, yeah, they they used to be there all the time. You know, when I first started in the scene, he and DeAndre sort of, we kind of both like dropped into the city at the same time. He had just came from Wichita. And, uh, you know, I was still like 17 or 18. So anyway, we just playing with people, you know, Making you just keep connecting, and you know someone offers you something, someone gives you a better offer later. It's like, well, hey man, I can't do this anymore because <laughs> you know that's that's what it is. You know, so you just keep growing, and eventually you get older, you got to take care of more those things. It's like, well, I better start paying more attention to you know what I do now, who I play with, just for that kind of thing. Because I'm a full time position, and that's really just how it kind of grew to be thinking we can play. And then not um not to more recently that I sort of get the idea of like um let's say this past summer, the idea of being my own sort of artist. So really it's all as far as like really releasing albums and pushing things on things really new to me but basically for about six years I would just play, you know, everywhere, everywhere I could. I also want to say when the foundation's been a big part of that. In a very big part of that, just as a position myself. So, cool. How do you feel about the Kansas City scene? This has been your home. This has been your place. You've grown up in it. How do you feel about the Kansas City Jazz scene in 2018? I've always sort of been in and out of that. It's been periods where I was dealing with it a whole lot and dealing with it less. I, I, I deal with it a lot now. And, you know, and I, it's not, it's not bad. To answer your question, it's not bad. I couldn't say anything about it. I'm recently sort of starting to deal with, deal with it more directly, because I would just, you know, as far as the jazz scene, I would just sort of step in on a few gigs in the jazz club, step out, you know, back to life. I'm losing a lot of Mostly I play, I play mostly contemporary music. Now, at least for the last five years. This year, it's different, but, Usually I was playing like a tip break. So I was just, you know, had a jazz gig here and there, kind of go back to what I was doing after that. <laughs> so, but uh, in, in general, um, I think it's good, especially now with the city is growing. I think the city gets a lot, you know, bigger.
your level ever got a different guy coming. Something's happening. I'll put it that way. Something, something, Kansas City is going to be something really cool, especially the more people come and more people are like, going to take control of the world. I, I, I think of, in general, it's becoming more diverse. And it, it, it's going somewhere. It's going somewhere. That's, that's what I can say about it. You've obviously devoted your life to the jazz craft. So my my question is this. Why do you love jazz? I can't say I only love jazz. But as far as my relationship with jazz is, it's the most expressive work out there, at least as far as genres go. You know, we all have sort of a genre discussion. And jazz, the term is so broad. So, you know, anyway, you know, that comes with it constantly. But as far as jazz is general, I love improvisation. At least improvisation is the best part of it. So talk to me about live jazz shows that you've seen that has left a big impression on you. And this is just frame, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty picky. But yeah, I've went to see, I've seen Kenny Garrett twice. He was really, he's always been influenced just on like, as far as uh, uh, just like tone and uh, ambiguity, being able to fit in with any sort of situation. So, Kitty Garrett just, just his whole thing, you know, he, he had his biggest effect on me. I saw um, Gregory Porter this summer at one of those uh, jazz festivals with the orchestra. That was really nice. Um, you know, this is experience how, you know, all that works together, the harmonies and the instruments, you know, how it sounds, that big sort of thing sound, that was a good experience. Uh, the Shadow he was very well. So that was a pretty good experience. Let me ask you this. Everyone has a perception of you, who, who they think you are, your family, your friends, fans that see you perform, but you know who you are. Who? Tell me, who do you think you are? <laughs> oh, uh, uh, um, I Ernest knows that play saxophone, like music, that's all I got for you. That's, that's, that's cool. I do. <laughs> that's cool. I dig it, man. Totally dig it, man. Hey, thanks for what you do for Kansas City. Okay, thank you. I appreciate you. Thanks for listening and tuning in to yet another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in Kansas City and spots all over the world giving fans jazz. And thanks to Ernest for his time, his music, and that contribution to this rich KC scene. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino on the iTunes Store. Visit Neon Jazz at YouTube.com. And for everything Neon Jazz all the time, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the music, my friends. Neon Jazz.